This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Expecting 17 games? I would say expecting it either this year or next year. Well, they go all my records. That's all I can say. I'm hoping it also means as an 0-16 Browns player, eventually it won't be the infamous 0-17. Today's special guest works two jobs. He's the starting center for the Cleveland Browns. He's also the current president of the National Football League Players Association. And since we've already had an NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, on the show, it's only fair to give labor equal time. It's my pleasure to welcome J.C. Treader from the Browns. Mr. President, welcome to game time. Thanks for having me on. And I'm looking at you right now and I'm saying, you don't look like a quarterback. I, I got in from, from Little League, started playing quarterback, and uh, then eventually moved to tight end in college and left tackle and center and played all across the, the field and, and high school. I think officially now I've played every offensive position in a game in, in my career. So how crazy was it uh, living through the Browns, making it to the playoffs this year, JC? And by the way, uh, preseason, I picked the Browns to go to the uh, to the playoffs as a wild card entry. The city of Cleveland deserves the success that we had this year and more. And, and they've been through, as everybody knows, a lot of down years, a lot of tough years. And there's guys on the teams that have been here for, for a while. So they deserve it. And it was you know palpable to feel the excitement of the city, getting back to winning football and getting back to the playoffs and having success like that. Maybe all the more reason why this year was so uh, significant for a guy like you who went through that 0-16 season. And you get you get the Browns to the playoffs and you go into Pittsburgh and you're playing a team that basically since Ben Roethlisberger has been there has owned the Browns. And all of a sudden, first play of the game, Marquise Pouncey, a former center himself, snaps the ball over Big Ben's head and your defense comes up with the play of the game that kind of set the tone of the game. What was that like for you standing on the sideline watching that? I'm sure probably every offensive line does it, but pretty much the first play of every game, if we're on the sidelines, if we end up kicking off, uh, the first play, somebody says something to the effect of, man, a pick six would be nice right now, huh? <laughs> and, and then you see the ball go over the head. Uh, you get the touchdown. You jog out there for the PAT. And, and it's the the one time out of 100 that it works out that way, where the first play just gives you all that momentum and, and just gets the kind of ball rolling downhill from there. And, and the defense played great. And that was just an exciting game, especially with everything we were going through that week with COVID and not being able to practice, just getting that shot in the arm of, of momentum uh, moving forward. And not having your head coach. You had Mike Prefer as your acting head coach. Kevin Stefanski's back in his basement. I, I saw him put up some pictures of what he was doing. I can't even imagine what it must have been like for a head coach of an NFL team to finally get his team, the Cleveland Browns, to the playoffs and then not be there to be able to participate in it. 
Right. No, we, we were down a lot. We were down staff. We had our head offensive line coach, our assistant O-line coach out, Pro Bowl, all pro left guard, Joel Batonio out. I mean, we, we were down so many key pieces because you wanted to win that game. But the, the idea that winning it allowed those guys to come back and experience the playoffs that they worked so hard to get to just made it even sweeter. That trip back to Cleveland had to be awesome, huh? Yeah. Oh, it was, it was exciting. It was, a, it was a long time coming. Yeah, I'm sure it was. You know, the next week you go to Kansas City, you have a wide receiver running down the sideline. He's making a great play. He's reaching for the end zone. Ball gets knocked out. It goes fumbling through the end zone. And it's a rule in which now the defense gets control of the ball on their own 20-yard line, and the other team gets a chance to go the other way. What do you think of that rule in the NFL? It's it's a tough one. It, it is surely a, a, a stern punishment um, for, for a play like that to especially to lose the yardage too. I mean, that was a long play too. That wasn't just a, a running back rushing to the pylon on a one yard carry and diving. I mean, that you lose all the yardage and then you lose the ball obviously. And, and you go from most likely scoring a, a touchdown there. If you get the, if he had tackled and hold on the ball to one yard line, you're, you're most likely scoring there. Uh, it, it definitely hurt. Um, we, cause that was our first drive that we really got the, the momentum going in our, our direction. It took us a while to kind of figure out what they were doing and, and get going. I mean, that's just tough. And it's, uh, we talk about it a lot of, you know, you, you, you can't dive like that. Um, unless it's fourth down. All right. Two words for you, Baker Mayfield. What is he like and how, how have you watched him grow over the last three years? Yeah, I, th- I think first what you see in Baker is who Baker is. Baker's the same guy every day. He's a fiery competitor. He has this kind of magnetic personality. Guys want to be around him. Guys want to chop it up with him, hang out with him. Uh, and, and that's what you look for as a leader. And, and he's the same way, whether it's you know in the middle of seven on seven and on a Wednesday practice as he is in a two-minute drill on Sunday. That's just who he is. He's a competitor, growing into a really good leader. From the day he walked into the building, you could tell that this guy has what it takes to be the leader of a franchise. And through experience and you know years in this league, you see him taking the, the next steps and, and continue to develop as both a football player and a leader uh, in different aspects. I'm our guest, Cleveland Browns center J.C. Treader grew up in Batavia, New York, 50 miles east of Buffalo. You know, J.C., I just wanted to ask you about your time at Cornell and what you learned there. I know that you were a part of the School of Industrial Labor Relations, and given the fact that you were just named NFLPA president, I would think that that background is something that is gonna come in very handy for you over the next couple of years. Yeah, it's it's what I studied. Uh, so it, it was something I was passionate about going into to Cornell, and I wanted to, at first, go to law school, become a sports agent, uh, and then, Cornell has a, a neat setup in the industrial labor relations department where the first two years you take kind of the, the classes that they set out for you. And then after that, you make the major the what you want out of it. So you can take law classes, human resources classes, union classes. Um, so I tried to stay kind of 50-50 between law classes and union classes. Uh, and, and now with where I'm at in my position, I, it was kind of a great a great move in hindsight with having this much union background as taking over it as union president. And I just wonder, here we are, you know, in 2021, you are now the president and how hard it is to get over 2000 players on the same page and to believe in something that, you know, so many people spend so much time in trying to come to an agreement on the CBA. Yeah, it, it's a tall task and, and it's difficult. Uh, I think the easiest way to explain it to guys is, is the NFLPA is, is us, is, is the players. And, and sometimes it gets looked at as, 
uh, the staff that you know we talk to and, and do a great job for us. But uh, in the end, it's about protecting each other and doing what's best for for the players, your teammates. And I think you saw that this year, especially with COVID, uh, when everybody was really worried about what this year was going to look like. And you had 400 players, a lot of which were star players, uh, stand up and, and put on social media the fact that they wanted to play, but we needed the protections uh, that were necessary to keep our, our teammates safe. And how about the collaborative effort between the owners and the players in fighting COVID-19? Yeah, I, I think if you, took a, if you took a poll before the season started, of uh, media, players, staff, coaches, of are we going to get through a full 16-game season playoffs in the Super Bowl in the time allotted that we had originally scheduled? I don't think that number is very high of people saying yes. I think that there was a lot of um, skepticism over, over how this is going to work as the first sports league that was going to play a full season outside of a bubble uh, and, and really follow a, a stringent level of protocols to get it to happen. We worked really well together. It doesn't mean the conversations were easy. It doesn't mean the conversations um, weren't contentious at times as we were trying to figure out what's best. We are still labor and they are still management. Uh, and that relationship will always be the case, no matter how well we're working together, we have different motivations at times. Uh, and in the end, we made sure to keep the, the health and safety of the players and everybody in that building as the number one priority, and then making sure we did everything through that lens, follow the science, follow the data, uh, and make sure we keep everybody as safe as possible. We're joined by J.C. Treader, the center for the Cleveland Browns. Okay, J.C., compare these coaches in Cleveland for me and, and what you have seen from Hugh Jackson to Freddie Kitchens to now Kevin Stefanski and what Kevin Stefanski has done for you guys leading you to the playoffs. I'll mostly talk about Kevin because I, I've been really impressed with, with what he's done, uh, the structure he's put in place, the discipline he's put in place, and just – um, the conscious effort he makes every day to adjust our mindset the way it should be uh, and, and focusing on the work uh, and nothing really on the outside of, of what people are talking about, what our expectations are. It is solely discussing the work at hand and the task at hand and um, what we need to do that week to win that game. Tell the fans out there just how important it is to have a coach who brings a system that everybody can buy into and then have the ability to be able to communicate to all the players on the roster. Yeah, you, you need to have a guy that you want to go to battle with and a, and a guy that you trust to be the same guy every day, um, treat you the same as every other player uh, and just have that fairness and, and leadership. It, it is really important because a lot of a lot of the NFL football is about respect, both respecting your coaches and knowing that the, co the coaches respect you back and have your best interest at hand. And it's it's really a unique effort because though they are your boss, it, it is very much a uh, a working relationship where you're both working together on issues uh, and, and making sure, you know, you have a say in how things go. And, and that's one of the great things that Kevin has no ego. Uh, Kevin is all about how do we win? If you have an idea, a question, a concern, uh, his door is open. You go to him, you talk to him about it uh, and he addresses it. Uh, and that's what you want as a leader is a guy like that who is solely laser focused on how do we win games. You go on this great run towards the end of the year. You beat the Steelers. You have the unfortunate circumstances against Kansas City. You think if you would have beaten Kansas City, you, could, you would have went on to beat Buffalo and maybe even Tampa Bay? It's tough to tell. Um, I think it's probably something that every guy plays out in their mind of uh, if this play is different. We win that game. Do we win the next one? And then if we get to a, a heads-up game, one game, do we win that? It, it's something that 
keeps you up at night. Everybody wants that Super Bowl ring and, and, and dreams of, of what could have happened to get it until you actually do get it. So it's always tough to speculate that that far out. But I, I think we're going to have an, another run at it this year. Uh, and, and we're going to have the, the structure of the team in place to, to do what we did. We have to do the work, though. I don't think our plan was to be a one-hit wonder, make a run, and, and go back to not making the playoffs. Our, our goal is to con- continue to be the team we were last year and even better. Last winter, when J.C. Treader was running for president of the NFL Players Association, his teammate Joel Batonio joked he wins the job and then the collective bargaining agreement passes, and we're like, oh man, you killed it. Now you're on easy street for the next two years. Little did they know the highly controversial CBA would pass by a razor-thin margin and that Treader would soon be known as the union's first COVID president. And what I want to ask you, uh, we just talked about it there, JC, last year coming through COVID and everything else. And now that you're the president and you do have a lot of power, a lot of say of what goes on within the union, uh, what do you foresee for the 2021 season and how we get through the summer and practices and and whether or not it's going to be uh, a lot like it was last year? Yeah, I think right now the best way to look at it is uh, 2020 was um, not the COVID season, but it was the first COVID season. Uh, and I don't think we can look at this as we're out of the woods with COVID yet. We very much could be in the midst of a, another COVID year uh, this offseason and, and this next season. And until the country and, and the world get this virus under control, we still have to make decisions through that lens of how do we handle this worldwide pandemic. So there's still a lot of, uh, up in the air. And um, we're working through the salary cap right now, trying to get that number settled before free agency. Then we'll move to discussing on, on the best way to do offseason. Last year, we had a, a virtual program. Uh, we as a union wanted to make sure we were protecting our, our players' workout bonuses and, and their per diems and their stipends. Uh, and, and we just have to kind of go through that process again. A lot of the things we agreed to for the 2020 COVID deal um, were one-year fixes uh, and uh, understanding that we would come back to the bargaining table uh, if it was still going to be an issue the next year. So so those topics we have to to move forward and, and continue to talk about and, and fix. JC, how do you feel about the 17th game added to the schedule? The best way to look at the 17th game is um, the owners in the CBA negotiations purchased the right to go to 17 games. So before they had unilateral authority to go to 18 games if they wanted to. We negotiated that power away uh, and then made it that they couldn't change the schedule. Uh, without our uh, acceptance of it. This year, they wanted to revisit the idea of expanding the schedule. So through the negotiations, they made it a focus of getting that right to go to 17th game. So through any negotiations, if one side wants something, they obviously have to give something in return uh, to make it. So that's that's when you get the big bumps in minimum salary. You get the extra safety protections. You get the greater share of, of the pie in revenue. Uh, and those are the things you get in return. And then in the end, it's up to the players to vote to see Okay, we know we're going to play 17 games that this passes. Did we get enough in return uh, that we feel good about playing that extra game? And in the end, like you said, it was a close vote, but the majority of players said this this is a a deal that we think is good enough uh, for that extra game. And now it's solely in the NFL's hands uh, of deciding when and if to go to that 17th game. What are you expecting? You're expecting 17 games? their decision to negotiate for it and, and give things up for it, that they have an expectation that they are going to 17 games. I would say expecting it either this year or, or next year. Um, I think a lot of it plays into the TV deals and, and negotiating those and, and how those turn out, which they are, I'm sure, in the, in the midst uh, of, of those intense negotiations. 
Well, there go all my records. That's all I can say. Um, <laughs> and what do you say, Bruce Harry? I'm hoping it also means as an 0-16 Browns player, eventually there will be a team that surpasses our squad and we will no longer be the infamous 0-16 team. We just won't be the infamous 0-17 team. That's a good point. I want to ask you one real quick question. What do you say to Bruce Arians who thinks that the players want to kill the offseason to save jobs by not developing young talent and more injury issues earlier in camp? What do you think about that? I kind of take that as a, a shot at player leadership. And, and we have leaders in the locker room that are tasked with leading our men and our men vote them into to those positions to represent them in their best interests. I mean, that bothers me. I, I don't see that. I know the, the quality of men we have in those locker rooms and in the union leadership positions. Uh, I know they are interested in doing what's best for everybody in the, in the union. I would look at his own team and see that he had a right tackle who was a rookie who played phenomenally well. He had Antoine Winfield Jr. So having this narrative that the offseason is necessary because young players can't perform unless they get nine weeks in shorts and a t-shirt in April and May, <laughs> I don't know if that even works on his own team. Back with Browns center J.C. Treader here on Game Time. And J.C., let's talk about Baker Mayfield once again. You know, he's doing these commercials. He's actually absolutely phenomenal in these commercials. Has he asked you to participate in any yet? Uh, no, but w the, the older guys gave him some some flack. When we saw the, the rookie left tackle uh, get in on one of his commercials before yeah. we were asked, we we definitely brought it up to him. Uh, we, we thought that was, I know you got to take care of your blind side protector. I, I got it. I understand how things work, but uh, we definitely brought it up. We definitely made sure to make it an issue. And the question I would also have for you, has he asked you to sleep over in the stadium yet? I'm waiting for that invite, too. I mean, it looks cozy. It looks like he's got plenty of room. He's not hurting for uh, for space. Uh, yeah, he definitely has a great personality. Uh, give me some, uh, do you have any dog pound stories? I know that I have mine from my day when I used to get hit with uh, dog bones being thrown at me as the opposing quarterback. How about for you? Not yet. And and that's the thing. This year was was sad for many reasons, but one of it was it, it took the, the fans. We hadn't limited, but it took that feeling out of the stadium. And um, I thought back to that uh, week 17 game against Pittsburgh winning we're in and, and to think of what that stadium would have felt like. That's what I'm excited for is coming back and, and being a successful team and getting the fans back when it's safe um, and just seeing that excitement and that place rock for all the good reasons. Yeah, I don't know if you've done this yet, but I have taken a look at your schedule. And as I said earlier in the show, I'm predicting you guys to win the AFC North. Do you feel the momentum building in Cleveland that can be sustained? We're going to build on a new offense that we, we learned in a virtual program last year, and, and we're going to learn more. You saw that progression through the year as we became more comfortable, as every team does when they go through a change. Um, but, but having a second year now, and we know what we're capable of, we had that, that taste of uh, minor success. You know, we, we don't want to just make the playoffs. That that sounds great because we haven't been there in so long. Uh, but for guys that have gone to the playoffs quite a bit, and we have a lot of older guys that have been on teams that have done, uh, you know, won Super Bowls, been deep in the playoffs, just getting to the playoffs every year isn't good enough. You, you want to develop enough where you're competing for Super Bowls. Uh, and that's what we want. Yeah, you guys do that. You'll have an everlasting legacy there in uh, Cleveland. By the way, congratulations on the new contract, the extension with the Cleveland Browns. You're going to be there for a few more years, to say the least. Good luck uh, with your NFLPA uh, requirements as president. And our thanks to J.C. Treader for joining us today. And for all of you out there watching, 
I'm Boomer Esiason, and I'll see you again real soon right here on Game Time with Hall of Famer Julia Serving.